Hello and welcome to the weekend wrap for the week on Wednesday. I am Ben Davison and it is my great pleasure to be with you on this lovely Sunday afternoon, wherever you may be around Australia and indeed the world. What a huge, huge week we've had. What a huge week we're still to have. And I want to start today's episode by giving a shout out to Victorian Trades Hall Council's brand new children's picture book, Sticking Together. Now, if you can jump on Facebook, go and check out the launch of Sticking Together. It'll be on 11am, Monday the 8th of November. Uh, Australian icon Reese Muldoon uh, voices the audiobook version of this. This is a fantastic children's book all about how solidarity functions among animals in nature and the benefits that we all get from sticking together. So check that out. There is a book launch, 11 a.m. Monday. Uh, you can go to the Victorian Trades Hall Council Facebook page. You can also buy copies of the book there. Really, really worthwhile. Today, I want to focus a little bit on the labor market and wages and what's happening at the moment as we start to recover from the COVID pandemic. Australians have done a great job fighting off the pandemic. We've gone out and gotten vaccinated. We've lived through lockdowns. We've backed each other in all the way through. And now we seem to be coming to a point where we will be among the most vaccinated people in the world. That's going to be great for us as we continue to try and get our economy going again, get people into employment, get things moving. And what we're seeing is a real tension between those employers and those businesses, those corporations that have become addicted to low-wage employment and particularly the importation of exploitable temporary migrants. Just at the end of this week, the Australian Workers' Union had a massive win in a landmark case to impose a minimum wage in horticulture. People will undoubtedly remember expose after expose revealing the exploitation of temporary migrant workers in particular, but all workers on these massive agribusinesses in our regions. People being paid as little as $3 an hour because of an archaic system called peace rates. Effectively, peace rates mean that you get paid by the bucket, by the bushel, by the basket, whatever the measurement is for what you do in a day. Now, if it's a particularly hot day, if for some reason you're sick, if for some reason you're a little bit slower, your wages can be severely impacted and there's no flaw. This is awful news for hundreds of thousands of workers. It's estimated that between 100 and 130,000 workers were covered by peace rates awards. The AWU victory means that people will have to be paid a minimum wage of $25.41 an hour. As Dan Walton, the National Secretary of the Australian Workers' Union, has said, if you're working in horticulture, if you're working on a farm and you're not making $25 an hour, you're being underpaid and someone is stealing your wages. This is a huge win. 
And it comes on the back of years and years of work by the AWU, by the United Workers Union, by the Migrant Workers Centres, by Unions New South Wales, by the Australian Council of Trade Unions, by lots of organisations who have tried to expose the level of exploitation that goes on in this sector. Now, there was a five-year study by the Fair Work Ombudsman that found nearly 60% of 8,000 farms that they surveyed had been underpaying people under the old peace rate system. So even under a system where you're effectively paying people just a pittance, just a pittance every hour, they were still being underpaid. Now... Of course, the Farmers' Federation and many of the vested interests in this sector claim this is a terrible outcome and it'll close down farms and it'll ruin agriculture. Let's be really clear about this. This is going to be, for the second year in a row, a record harvest in Australia. There are jobs that need to be filled in this sector there are roughly 16,000 positions around the country that need to be filled to help these agribusinesses take advantage of record conditions for the harvest. They need to be able to pay people. If you can't pay minimum wage, you don't have a business. And frankly, if you can't pay minimum wage when you've got record harvest conditions for the second year in a row, then the problem is not the wage system. The problem is the way you run the business. We're seeing demands coming out of the sector for between 60 and 100,000 undocumented exploitable migrant workers. That's what that's what uh, researcher Joanna Howe says is already in the sector, 60 to 100,000. There's demands on the Morrison government to bring in more exploitable temporary migrant workers. Hopefully, this huge win by the union movement in lifting minimum wages and making it much clearer and more straightforward to record how many hours somebody has worked, how much money they've been paid, rather than the peace rate system based on varying weights and varying measures, will allow for more transparency and less wage theft and less exploitation. But frankly, the demands for more temporary migrant workers in this sector and in the hospitality sector, which I'll cover in a moment, are based on a desire to drive down wages. It's not actually based on a shortage of labour. It's based on a demand by some of these big agribusinesses to not have to pay people proper wages. So it's a great news story. It's a great big win. A hundred to 130,000 workers are going to go from being paid as little as $3 an hour to being paid $25 an hour. A huge victory. And it wouldn't have happened without the union movement. So as we always say on the week on Wednesday, now is the best time to join. Join your union. Whether you're in agriculture or not, there's a union for you. And that's the, the group of people that come together that you're part of that gets more job security and better wages. Once again, studies found in the last week, 
people in unions earn more money. They're paid more money. So join australianunions.org.au slash wow. That's W-O-W for the week on Wednesday. And let's celebrate this victory for the 100 to 130,000 farm workers. Now, agriculture and agribusiness aren't the only ones demanding more easily exploitable temporary migrant workers. We've seen just in the last couple of days that the hospitality sector claims it needs 100,000 temporary migrant workers in order to fill gaps in its workforce. This comes at the same time as the Victorian government has announced a $44 million scheme to try and get people to go out dining, go and enjoy themselves at hospitality venues. There's a real contradiction in the hospitality sector, and it's an ongoing contradiction. They claim there's not enough demand for their services, and they claim there's not enough supply of workers for their services. But it's a sector that's rife with wage theft. One of the biggest participants in this sector, Maryvale, has been found to have effectively stolen $126 million from its workforce and is now making the argument that it shouldn't have to repay that money. A recent report run by the ABC found that super theft is rife in the sector and accounts for about 20% of the super theft that is in our economy. That's more than double the proportion of employment from that sector. So you're twice as likely to have your super stolen if you're in hospitality than you are in any other sector. This is absolutely crazy. These are, these are problems that can be fixed, but the Hospitality and Hotel, Hotels Association doesn't deal with those issues. It do, it's not fixing the problems in its own sector. In an upcoming special episode of the week on Wednesday, we'll talk to Tim Pedersen from Hospo Voice, the digital union for hospitality workers. And he told us about problems with rostering, with abuse, with sexual harassment, people being effectively ghosted. A term he used was public executions of people's jobs, where people are just taken off the group, the WhatsApp group, and everybody sees it. There's no acknowledgement of it. The person is effectively erased from the collective history of the group. This is a sector that is profitable. This is a sector where there are people making money. This is a sector where companies like Maryvale are spending hundreds of millions of dollars buying more venues. And yet, they claim they need 100,000 temporary migrant workers to come and fill, fill positions. Now, why doesn't this add up? Well, part of the reason it doesn't add up is because labour underutilisation is over 13% in our economy. What does that mean? Well, it means that there are 2.2 million people who want to work who are not employed. 2.2 million people. Now, part of that, part of that is because some of them are waiting for a job to start that you know doesn't start for three or four weeks, and so they've got a break in between employment and whatever. But there is a huge chunk of that, a huge chunk of that where people are 
unable to get the hours that they need. They can't access childcare. There's 140,000 people. The RBA published this data this week. 140,000 people who can't access childcare and therefore cannot work. And 90% of those are women. 90% of those are women. And it's interesting that in hospitality, which is a female-dominated industry, there's a crying out for more workers. Here's 140,000. More, more than what they claim they need in terms of temporary migrant workers to be imported. 64,000 had to care for someone else in the family and couldn't work as a result. 75% of them are women. Already, we've got more than double the number of workers the hospitality sector needs sitting there ready to go. The systemic issues in our labour market are about underpayment of wages, terrible working conditions, and a lack of structural support to get people into and keep people in work. Things like childcare, aged care, assistance for people who are caring for family members. There's 113,000 Australians who have become so discouraged looking for work, going through the rigmarole and the punitive process that currently exists under JobSeeker that they've effectively given up looking. They still want to work. They still register in the Reserve Bank's figures as wanting to work, but they're no longer looking for work. That's a systemic barrier. That's a policy choice that the Morrison government has established to make it so difficult and so punitive for people. It's a systemic choice that big employers have made to have low wages, to have family-unfriendly rostering, to have no incentives for people to go and work in the harvest. These are policy decisions. The idea that we're going to paper over the cracks of systemic problems, of policy decisions that benefit large agribusiness, large corporate hospitality, large corporations in general, by simply allowing more temporary migrant workers who are more easily exploitable to come to Australia and do that work at the risk of being exploited is ridiculous. It's an outrageous claim. It flies in the face of their own economic ideology about markets, and wages, supply and demand. They need to facilitate some of the 2.2 million Australians who want to work and for a variety of systemic reasons are excluded excluded from the workforce. There is no question that with a second record harvest year in a row, with hospitality opening up and people desperate to engage with each other again and see each other again and go out and socialise at the Christmas period, there is demand. There are 2.2 million workers who if they're facilitated into the workforce, can fill those roles. And why would we not? 
Why would we not try and facilitate the 200,000 Australians who have caring responsibilities, who want to work, why would we not facilitate them coming back into the workforce, but facilitate 200,000 temporary migrant workers coming to Australia? Surely, surely it's to the benefit of Australia to have those workers who are already here, who want to work, to go into the workforce. The economic benefit of assisting with childcare and aged care and facilitating the care of loved ones while workers who are already here do that work rather than bringing in temporary migrants who, fair enough, will send most of the money home to their family. Surely we want to keep that money here. Surely we want to grow our economy here with the workers who are already here, wherever they were born, wherever they've come from. This is people who are already here people who want to work. So it'd be nice to see, it'd be nice to see the Farmers Federation and the Hotels Association and some of these lobby groups stop asking for more easily exploitable temporary migrant workers and start asking for facilitation of the workers who are already here. Why Why isn't the Hotels Association demanding the Morrison government support more childcare places? Why isn't the Farmers Federation demanding that better aged care facilities be built and supported in regional areas? These are the things that are required to help facilitate their industries, not open slather visas of more easily exploited workers. Let's give the workers who are here, the 2.2 million workers who are here, a crack. Let's give them a go. Surely, if they're already caring for people, if they're already wanting to work, surely they've earned they've earned the right to have a go. That's the big story I wanted to talk about today. Big union win in horticulture, farm workers. Remember, if you're working on a farm, you're working in agriculture, and you're not getting paid at least $25 an hour, in the words of Dan Walton, Secretary of the Australian Workers' Union, you're being underpaid. So make sure you get onto that. And also the contradiction from the hospitality sector. You know what? Pay people properly. Facilitate their entry into the workforce. And we can actually fill all of the labour shortages, the labour shortages in inverted commas, that we have in the hospitality sector. I also want to give a shout out to Mr. E and 4IS, 4Is system, uh, for their new track that's come out on YouTube, uh, ManCon. It's about manufacturing consent. We'll share some links on the week on Wednesday. It's a great piece. Uh, it came out uh, earlier in the month. I've only just had a chance to have, have a look at it. Check it out. It'll be out there. There's a couple of other interesting bits of news that have occurred. People who follow Friendly Geordies will already know uh, that he's effectively won his case against John Barillaro. Uh, that's now been settled. The defamation thing is over. Uh, there is still, however, some outstanding criminal charges against his executive producer. And of course, we wish them all the very best with that. Our view on that is well known. Uh, and we think there's been far too much attempt to suppress uh, the freedom of Friendly Geordies to report on uh, the issues with the New South Wales government. 
Uh, and of course, Van was on Marcus Paul on Friday, just gone, talking about the end of Alan Jones, uh, which I'm sure anyone who listens to this show will be very sad to hear, uh, as well as Morrison's awful awful uh, performance as Prime Minister uh, on the international stage, the absolutely disgraceful way he's conducted himself, the great shame he's brought upon our nation. You know, we're very proud to be Australians. We're very proud of the things our country has achieved, not least of which minimum wages, by the way. Uh, But honestly, you see him uh, on the international stage and it's a a terrifying and awful, awful sight. Uh, And of course, Van's new book, QAnon, and on a short history of internet conspiracies is available for pre-order uh it comes out uh in 10 days time within 10 days it's snuck up on us that one so don't forget to get that ordered uh so you've got that in time for christmas as well uh it's a magnificent piece of writing as you would expect me to say until Wednesday, please do like, share, comment, subscribe. Uh, we really appreciate everybody's uh, support. We've now tipped over 200,000 downloads. It couldn't have happened without you. You have made the week on Wednesday such a success beyond our wildest wildest dreams when we started this uh, 15 months ago so until next Wednesday when Van will be joining me again be kind to yourself and to each other